Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Antony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 143. In this episode, speaking the language. This podcast is sponsored by WillowHire.com, the UK's leader in dust suppression equipment. Kick the dust into touch with our new, bigger and better all-in-one dust suppression units for hire. Call Willow on 01582 840045. Sorry if the audio sounds a bit different in this show. I'm recording this in a hotel bedroom during a trip to the Hyundai factory in Belgium. You'll have to forgive my voice too. I've spent the past week coughing, hacking and wheezing, and I now sound like Barry White, if Barry White had been born in South London and was, in fact, white. Ironically, it's voices that I wanted to talk about in this episode. Have you ever noticed how you modify your tone, your accent and your pronunciation, depending on who you're talking to? Personally speaking, I have my telephone voice, the one I reserve for this podcast and for incoming calls when I don't recognise the telephone number, you know, just in case it's someone important. I have my regular voice, which sits somewhere between my South London roots and my leafy Surrey upbringing. I have another voice that tends to emerge unannounced when I'm with people that I went to school with, when I'm watching West Ham, or when I'm in a pie and mash shop somewhere in London. While my regular voice is a vain attempt to add polish to my speech, my West Ham voice strips away all that gloss and adds in its place a rougher edge. Subconsciously or otherwise, we all do it. And it's not just in the spoken word. Although I wouldn't say that my business email messages are particularly formal, they're significantly different to the emails I send to friends, and they're different again from the emails I send to family members. Even this podcast you're listening to now is a facade. It's a constant battle to enunciate, to pronounce my T's, and to avoid sounding like a strange cross between Michael Caine and Mary Poppins era Dick Van Dyke. Ultimately, whether we do this to fit in, to stand out, to lend ourselves a certain gravitas, or just to appear more professional than our natural accent might imply, we all modify our delivery to suit our surroundings, and above all, our audience. Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. I was on site late last week. I won't mention the name of the company because the article I'm writing and the video we're producing is currently under wraps. But Lee, if you're listening, this was inspired by you. Myself and my son stroke cameraman and the project manager were stood waiting for a tipper to arrive and we were chewing the fat about this and that. And the project manager got to talking about his approach to risk assessments and method statements or RAMs as they're now universally known. He explained how he'd earned considerable praise from the client and main contractor on this particular project by his personal approach to RAMs. Although I'm paraphrasing, he said that the client originally wanted something that looked like war and peace. Hundreds and hundreds of pages covering the project from every conceivable angle, analysing potential risks and hazards in microscopic detail. In short, they originally wanted a document that satisfied all the legislative requirements, but which would be read only by someone with a lot of time on their hands, or who was suffering from a severe bout of insomnia. The contracts manager, however, had other ideas. He explained that he was more than happy to produce a war and peace version to tick all the regulation boxes, but he also suggested that he produce a stripped-down and largely pictorial version. I'm paraphrasing again, but his argument was that some of his workforce were not native English speakers. He further explained that the average demolition operative has neither the time nor the inclination to read hundreds of pages of legalese as part of his working day. He was being diplomatic. 
The truth is that regulators, clients and stakeholders require RAMS because there will be a piece of paper somewhere that dictates it. But it's the demolition operatives on site, the guys stripping the asbestos, driving the excavators, manning the crusher and minimising the dust that will rely upon it. It's their methodology that will be dictated by the contents of the RAMS. It's their personal safety that will be addressed by the contents of the RAMS. The client and the stakeholders might want war and peace. But if a Beano version of it ensures that the work is carried out safely and effectively, and if all the men and women go home safely each night, then, in this instance at least, the Beano has all the literary merit of Tolstoy's finest work. Such an approach will, however, require the buy-in from a client. On this occasion, the client was not just supportive, but positively enthusiastic, as well they might be. As I said previously, a project file might require the inclusion of a set of RAMs. The client and various other stakeholders might require one to allow them to tick the relevant box on their contract paperwork. But the contents of those RAMs and the way those contents are communicated might just be the difference between a safe employee and an unsafe one, between a living demolition worker and a dead one. Even a client with a reputation for being a stickler for paperwork would prefer to have a safe workforce on their site. And if that means the RAMs has to be in the form of the Beano, then surely that's just dandy. Thanks for listening. If you're a demolition equipment owner, operator or enthusiast, then there's only one place to be in July next year. The 4th Demo Expo will take place at the Hertfordshire Showground from the 4th till the 6th of July. And it promises to be the biggest demo expo yet. So put those dates in your diary and join us at the Hertfordshire Showground for Demo Expo 2019. It's going to be epic.